1: Decision day is here. It is game day here in almost sunny Los Angeles. We're later tonight at SoFi Stadium. TCU in Georgia will put it all on the line. The Bulldogs with a chance to repeat as champions, TCU with a chance to defy the odds.
2: Welcome to College Football Live. Built by the Home Depot. This is what it's all about, and we got just 60 minutes to find out who's going to win this ballgame. I need
3: everybody eyes up. Let's take it back. Reflect real quick.
0: How good can this team be? I have no idea. I think real good.
4: There's something special going on. Let's go! Uh, I won't do something that's never been done. The defending champs are focused and ready to go.
0: As far as history goes, if you look at teams that played for national championships, typically they're not picked 7th in their conference.
4: The continues for TCU. 60 minutes of hell, and that's the way we like it. Georgia is going to survive and earn the right to defend their national championship in L.A.
1: Hello, everybody from Los Angeles, California. Hard not to get excited about today. Wendy next, Joy Galloway, Greg McElroy, Sam Macho, and finally, how long we've we been talking about this
5: game? Finally, we're on a, a set bad. together.
1: But I know, right? All season long. <laughs> nice, <laughs>
6: nice to, to see, see you. It's Really good to be here with you guys. This
1: is what they look like in person. I got to tell you, what an incredible season! In large part, because to think about these two teams with very different directions if you think about this is how the season started both teams entered the season with four different expectations Georgia was among the national title favorites at Caesars Sportsburg while TCU oh I don't know a two hundred to one long shot to win it all. The Horned Frogs are looking for their first national title since 1938. The 83 years between championships would by far be the longest span between titles in the AP poll era. And the Bulldogs, well, it's been a bit more recent. How about 364 days ago? With a win tonight, they will become the first team in the playoff era to repeat as national champions. Kirby Smart, of course, already cemented his legacy, but that does not mean he doesn't want this one any less. Uh, let's start, Joey. We'll go down the line with some initial thoughts.
5: I think we'll have a great game. Uh, Greg, what's the line? Twelve and a half. I think it's gonna be much closer than that. I, I, I think that people look at what TCU and how they got here, uh, and what Georgia has been all season long, and they assume that this is going to be a blowout. I think it's gonna be a much closer game. Have a lot of. I, I think last week TCU against Michigan really made me respect a lot more TCU on the big stage. I think it's going to be really important for TCU to play well
6: because if they don't, if it gets sideways, there's going to be so many naysayers that say, I told you so, they don't belong, just like they did leading up to the Michigan game. Everyone say, oh, Michigan's got the easy path. What do you mean? So I think it's big for TCU, not just for their program, to win a national championship, but for all the other programs that have constantly been kind of kept to the side because they don't have that big blue blood brand. But TCU, over the course of the last 15 years, has been phenomenally consistent and now have a chance to pay it off with the national championship.
3: And I wonder if people will start to believe, even if TCU wins, and I get it, TCU, they knock off the chance, but there's still that seed of doubt for whatever reason. We saw that seed of doubt early in the season when TCU had all these come-from-behind wins. People still think they didn't belong in the top four. Then we saw that seed of doubt when the playoffs came. No chance. They can't beat Michigan. TCU has consistently won, and if they get a win tonight, I'm hoping that people will finally say, yeah, they belong, and it wasn't a fluke.
1: Well, I said this to all of you all season. It was sort of a conundrum to me that we criticized the way they won, right? <laughs> they didn't win big enough. Oh, they, they won close games. Well, how about they can win close <laughs> games? They won a lot of games to get to this point, and I think they have earned a, a certainly amount of respect. We have reporters embedded with both teams leading up to kickoff, and we'll start this afternoon with Holly Rowe with the Georgia Bulldogs.
7: Georgia coach Kirby Smart told us on Sunday night that one of the most important things to winning the national championship is winning the trip. He reached out to Alabama coach Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney of Clemson to see how they handled the trip to California and the time change a few years ago. He got a lot of information that Georgia has implemented to be better and at their best some of the interesting things they've done more massage therapists available to players more focus on recovery how about this little device it's called a firefly it is a neuromuscular transmitter that is sending small electrical pulses to the muscles to help recover after strenuous exercise whether it's on stetson bennett's arm or players legs this is helping georgia to be at their best and then the final detail get right get tight the barber at the team hotel i love stetson bennett's cut he got a high tight fade Georgia will be looking at their best and have all the recovery information they need to play well in the National Championship game on Monday. Now let's check in with Molly McGrath.
1: Well, Holly, the night before the National Championship and his final college football game, TCU quarterback Max Duggan was calm and confident. He said their final practice ahead of the title game felt like any other practice and he's not concerned about this stage being too big for his team because they go as he goes and he doesn't get overwhelmed very easily because he believes in the power of visualization. It's something he's done ever since he was in high school. So on Sunday night, he'll lie down in his bed, close his eyes and visualize his game plan. He'll see himself reading Georgia's defense. He'll envision himself completing passes. He'll even see exactly what he does at the goal line in the fourth quarter. But Duggan said he will not envision himself surrounded in confetti just yet. Well, thank you both. Let's take a a look at today's road test presented by Goodyear. These two teams have had very different roads to the title game as TCU has played in seven games decided by single digits. Georgia, on the other hand, it's been a bit more smooth playing in just two games decided by single digits, including that Peach Bowl win over Ohio State. We are just getting started here on College Football Live from walk-on to national champion. What will Stetson Bennett do for an encore? More on the quarterback's confidence and the charisma he's known for.
8: Hollywood knows just how hard it is to create a sequel. If only they knew to just contact Stetson Bennett. The walk-on turned backup, turned starter, turned legend, has already written a Bulldog blockbuster.
4: Bennett launching, touchdown Georgia! And the drought is over.
8: And now, he's at it again.
4: Wide open, Georgia strikes.
8: Directing a fourth quarter comeback for the ages. Oh,
4: touchdown! Can Stetson Bennett's career get any wilder?
8: Which moves him just one final win away from ending his storied college journey with a storybook and surreal sequel right here in Hollywood.
7: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: How doers get more done?
1: Aerial coverage provided by Goodyear, celebrating the challenge of road games everywhere. Are you ready for the road? Goodyear, more driven.
5: That got some swag, obviously. And the Tennessee fans had leaked this number out, and then when he scored, he said, call me now. I'm like, Lord. <laughs> That's a funny. His confidence, man, it's like no other. I don't think I've ever seen him phased in any part of a game or practice as well. The fact that he walks out, hit hell high, leading the guys is definitely something that carries over to everybody else in that huddle. It's something like you've never seen before. It definitely helps the team play with a little bit of edge when your leader is going out there and in that type of swag.
1: Let's look at some great clips presented by Great Clips. Stetson Bennett's swagger was in full effect at the Peach Bowl going five for five on what would be the game-winning drive, finishing with a 10-yard touchdown pass to A.D. Mitchell as the Dogs edged the Buckeyes to get here, 42-41. Bennett has done nothing but win in his collegiate career, going 28-3 and as a starting quarterback. His 903 winning percentage, second best in SEC history among quarterbacks with at least 30 starts. Here's Joe Tessitore with our quarterbacks.
9: Jordan, Tim, and Jesse, our three quarterbacks to discuss the two star quarterbacks with Georgia and TCU set to meet for the national championship. Max Duggan and Stetson Bennett, both guys who have overcome adversity, two guys who have had very unique paths mm-hmm. to arrive here, and now comes the pressure moment. Jesse, speaking of pressure, who is more pressure in this game?
10: Well, I'm going to say Max Duggan. They're a huge underdog in this game, and they're facing a very talented Georgia defense that has struggled in their last two games out, but I think the thing I love most about Max Duggan, it's not so much the physical stuff, it's the mentality, yeah. how, how he competes. This guy battles in games, he gets sacked early in games, he misses throws early. He's always able to turn the page, he doesn't let bad plays affect him. And that's something that a lot of young quarterbacks really, really struggle with. Max Duggan doesn't have that issue. And you saw it in the Michigan game in the semifinal, throws a pick in the third quarter, three plays later, Michigan scores. It's a five point game, very next play. Drops a dime on a post throw to yeah. so Quentin Johnson. They need that type of leadership and that mentality, I think, in this game.
11: Yeah, it's his cool. mentality is incredible, but so is Stetson Bennett. Yeah. And and I actually think there's probably a little bit more pressure on Stetson because they're supposed to win. They're supposed to win back to back. And everybody is is saying, Oh, now you're the guy, now you have to do it. And Stetson has been someone that has always handled pressure. Different forms of pressure. The pressure of you shouldn't play D1. And then the pressure of, well, you're not good enough for Georgia. And then the pressure of, well, oh you're the starter, but we're gonna win because of defense, but now they're here and a big reason because of Stetson, and I don't think the moment's too big for him. I think Stetson has the most on his shoulders because of the pieces around him, right? Darnell Washington may or may not play. Uh, Ladd McConkey, his best receiver, banged up. We don't know his health. He's relying on guys like A.D. Mitchell and Arian Smith who didn't really play at all this year, and still he's expected to play at a high level, so I think he's got a ton of pressure on him.
9: And as we have found out with both these quarterbacks, especially recently, they're both proven closers. Max, with all the comebacks, five times in the regular season they trailed in the second half and Stetson last week can you play better in a fourth quarter than he did last week with the game on the line if this game is on the line, Uh-oh. which one do you trust more? Oh. Oh.
11: <laughs> Joe <it> Tess, <laughs> what are do you doing, man? Saw, well, I mean, we saw Max Duggan cover zero. Michigan coming at him. Yeah. Pressure in his face, make a huge throw. But Stetson's been there. Yeah. How many times have we seen him in big – is there a better throw than that seam throw in cover two yeah. late in that game against Ohio State? It's unbelievable, and it's really the confidence he has in himself. Timmy, Max Duggan against Oklahoma State. Max him. Duggan against Baylor. All those I, I know, guys. know, but clock he's,
9: counting he's, down. He's one a dude's of my got favorite. a ring. For a he truly
11: is one of my favorite players in college football I root for him so much because of his mentality what you were talking about this is the guy when everybody's celebrating going to New York Max Duggan's like hey I'm going to the gym do you want to come work out with me this is a <laughs> dude that never stops he never sleeps he's never stopped you know working on getting better and honing his craft but man I just, I've seen Stetson do it right. so many times and so it's so hard but
10: there's just no substitute for experience right yeah 25 years old. This is like his ninth year in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The guy's been playing forever, and he's played in so many big games, and he has such a good understanding of offensive coordinator Todd Munkin's system, what he's trying to do. He's so good at the line of scrimmage, yep. getting him in the right place. And I think that's going to be key in this one, facing that tricky 3-3-5 yeah. scheme from TCU. It's, it's one of those schemes defensively. It's becoming more in vogue in college football, but you don't see it a ton. Setson saw it when they played Mich- Mississippi State. Ole Miss runs it, Arkansas runs a form of it, but they didn't play yeah, that A lot more can, on the quarterback. It so it against yeah, so him Stetson's got to be really good with his mind in this game at the line of scrimmage. And
11: Mississippi State played him really, really well. They did. And he forced it a couple of times and should have actually had multiple picks that he got away yeah. with.
9: Quick headline-style answer from each Uh-oh. of you. If Stetson oh Bennett wins this game, back-to-back championships, his legacy is?
11: Cemented, legendary, all-time. I think it's... Better than Disney could probably even write. Yeah,
10: yeah, uh, it's historic, right? First team in the college football playoff era to go back-to-back. Back.
9: That is our quarterback matchup. We will get the answer and see if Stetson delivers on that. Duggan Sorry against for Bennett picking against come you Monday night you know. in the college
11: football Sorry,
9: national championship. Our quarterbacks on the quarterbacks.
1: Tess, thank you. And you're right, we'll know soon enough. Coming up, like any teams at this point in a season, health is a factor. Injury updates and a couple of notable names, including Kendra Miller and Darnell Washington, coming up.
2: You're watching College Football Live built by the Home Depot
1: our countdown cam powered by AT&T 5G giving us a look at some amazing events that are happening today on this championship Monday and of course. They are putting the final touches on this incredible field as we count down now under five hours until kickoff tonight here at SoFi Stadium. Still to come on College Football Live, Georgia's calling card the past few seasons has certainly been its defense. The question, though, are there weaknesses that can be exploited? We'll talk about the adjustments this Bulldog defense will need to make. And Gene Wojciechowski has the story of a father and son with a lot in common, including football, of course happens to be the TCU head coach it is a can't miss profile of Sonny and Spikes Dykes college football insider Pete Thamel joins us now and Pete let's get the latest on an injury front we'll start with TCU leading rusher Kendra Miller
12: yeah, Wendy, there's a prevailing sense of pessimism from TCU that star tailback Kendra Miller is going to have a significant impact on tonight's game. Officially, Kendra Miller is going to be a game-time decision. He plans to warm up. He plans to give it a go with that sprained right MCL. Just two days ago, Miller told me that that right knee is just 50%. So look for a heavy diet of Amari DiMarcato tonight, because if Miller can play, it's unlikely he's going to be able to show the full burst that allowed him to average 6.2 yards a Terry this year.
1: Thank you and we know Miller has been a major part of this TCU offense this season and counting for just about half of the horn Frogs' rushing yards this season. In the Big 12, that only trails Deuce Vaughn and Bijan Robinson. Uh, listen, y- you got to play with who you got, Sam. That's the way it goes. What adjustments or what's the answer here for TCU if they are without Miller?
3: Well, obviously, Demarcado will be a huge point of emphasis in the running game, but I think you have to find a way to create offense and points in different ways. I think about Darius Davis, who's a return specialist, has six return touchdowns over his career. Maybe find ways to get him the ball in space, even though – like, he, he's not a star receiver yet, but he's another opportunity to find opportunities to make plays. So it's got to be other guys, even if it's not demarcado,
6: Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's a gadget player. Yeah. So anytime he's on the field, it's an all-points bolt. And hey, keep an eye on Davis. The, the the guy that, to me, I mean, demarcado I understand he's not Kendra Miller. I, I get that. They're a little bit different. He's more of a slasher where he's going to hit the hole at like a million miles an hour. Sometimes that's great because the holes close really quickly, especially against defenses like this. But sometimes he might miss a hole because he's a little bit too impatient as he attacks. So I actually think against Georgia, as crazy as this may sound, Demarcado might actually be the better option, partly because with Georgia, you're going to have to just – you can't just wait for holes to open. They recover way too quickly. So you just need to hit it at 100 miles an hour. And if you just gain three yards, so be it. At least you're not losing two. And I think if you're dancing in the backfield waiting for something to happen, that's when negative plays happen and you get off schedule. So I think Demarcado Joey, is an excellent back, a guy that doesn't get the respect he deserves and actually might be the better option between the two against a defense like this. Well,
5: he doesn't get the respect because before the game against Michigan, he only had 65 yards was his high for the season. Right. And so, you know, <laughs> nobody saw the 150 coming against Michigan, but TCU needed that 150 this is the time of year when you deal with this. Yeah. You get to the end of the season, you always say, by the time we get to the end, you look around the huddle and just see who's left. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who, yeah it's a Who's tr- left standing <laughs> in here? These right. are the guys that we have to play with because you know you have to deal with these kind of injuries and somebody's going to have to step up. And TCU has been that team all season long that has found a way as a team to step up yeah. in situations where nobody thought they could. So coming to this game, Greg, I, I agree with you. It matters when you're standing in a huddle. Now, obviously, they'd love to have Kendra Miller because you're standing in huddle. You look across it, guys. You'd like to see Greg McElroy. you you like to see Sam Ocho. No, hey, Some guys you are more excited best. to see best. than others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely you know? <laughs> right. You're like, you like, to see the best guys. But if you don't. You go with what you have and right. give it everything you have.
1: Well, here's a question, though, and I always find this an interesting one at this point in the season because, to your point, it's always about health. You just missed. I How do you make the distinction, though, between ready to go and, okay, you're ready, but you'll be limited, right? You want, Because as a coach, you got to make that call. Every player wants to be in there. Sure. But where, where is that line with these two in terms of, okay, Miller, you can play, but you're less than?
3: Well, the players know their body. So you say, as a coach, you have to decide. But oftentimes, it's the player who's going to make that decision. You got that one, Wendy? Very great. (laughs) Uh, So you want to try and play. This is the national championship game. There's no better moment, no bigger moment. Kendra Miller came from a small town. He wants to play on the biggest stage. But if you can't go, you can't go, and that's the issue with with an injury like this. Everyone on the outside wants you to play, but the fact of the matter is he may not have been practicing. He may not have what it takes to play right now. And I
6: think, too, there's two things that you have to weigh here. One, can it get worse, all right? If he plays, if he takes a hit that's odd, does the MCL sprain become more significant? Does it tear? Can it get worse? That's the first thing that you have to address. And then the second thing is if he's at – his words, not ours, 50%, is a 50% Kendrae Miller better than a 90% yeah. Amari DiMarcato? The answer is no. So I think it just depends on what you have availability, uh, and what you have available at your disposal. And the good news is for TCU, they have depth at that position.
1: Well, again, technically a game-time decision with Kendra Miller. So again, that's that's coming quickly. We'll know soon enough. Uh, we've got reporters everywhere. we got you covered from one angle to another here, and we'll send it now to Jess Sims. Jess?
7: Thank you so so much so listen to this when Kirby Smart took over the head coaching job at Georgia he took a hard look at the defensive side of the ball and realized that some changes needed to be made when facing spread offenses so right now here's an excerpt from episode three of inside the college football playoff and you're going to find out that being in mint condition for the Georgia Bulldogs is being in mint formation.
4: If you're bringing that and they don't like where that defender is, they can throw the slants out here. I think the biggest thing is trying to make sure the quarterback doesn't get an easy read. We looked at ourselves and said, we're slipping. And we still got good players. The game has changed. You see the formation variation is just completely different. Here's the problem with our defense. How many people we got out here? Three. Three. How many we got? Two. So we didn't have the ability to play three-down against spread teams. We've had to change some things as offenses have changed. You adapt.
7: His solution was a reimagined defensive front with fewer down linemen and more speed.
4: Up on that line of scrimmage, here they come. Pressure from the edge, you will go down again. So our solution became what we call mint front. Mint, 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 mint. Then for mine, then for mine, flip, 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 flip. The nose gotta win. It's a single. The ball's not gonna be running the A if you got a winning nose. Which side of the tackle are you supposed to be on? What side of the tackle are you supposed to be on? Which side? What? Inside. Inside gap, coach. B. The ball's not gonna be running the B's if you got a good four eye. And now you're playing odd defense. You're playing odd defense against true spread teams. And the beauty of mint, of odd defense, we got more people standing up that can fire from different places. Oh, God. Ball, ball, ball. Oh, good job, good job.
7: Check out the full episode and so much more of Inside the College Football Playoff only on ESPN+. Plus. Right back to you, Wendy.
1: Just thank you. Over the last two games, this SEC championship and the Peach Bowl, the Georgia defense has looked very un-Georgia-like, if you will. This, by the way, not Joey Galloway, okay? We have a <laughs> tag <laughs> team called- match. We called-, we called in from the bullpen. <laughs> <pick. Coach laughs> uh, the dogs allowing over 500 yards per game in their last two games, nearly double their average over the first 12 games this season. So there is a, there is a departure there, Coach Uh, From what we've gotten used to, of course, they've set their own bar very high. What adjustments will this Georgia defense need to make tonight?
13: They're going to have to to come in and and look at containing the big play. Because if you look at TCU's success uh, against Michigan in that game, Michigan played them well. But all of a sudden, it was an explosive play after explosive play. And that's what we've seen from Georgia the last couple of weeks is giving up these explosive plays in the pass game. We know they're going to stop the run. They're they're always going to be committed to stopping the run. But if they need to not give up the explosives and make TCU earn it all the way down the field, and if they can do that, they'll be successful.
6: I think the big thing for Georgia's defense, we just saw that that piece on the mint defense. We're going to see a lot of that tonight. I, I would anticipate a lot of mint, because if you look at the personnel groupings that TCU uses, they're not going to be in heavy personnel, nope. They're not going to, need to have four defensive linemen on the field. Plus, I think they probably feel pretty good about being able to hold up in the run game with those three down defensive linemen. And Mint's designed to be spread sets. Mint's designed to not have a tight
13: end. So when you don't have a tight end to set an edge to the formation, which TCU does not a lot of times, they want to be in Mint to be able to bring from either edge and bring it on either side.
6: I think that's where they're going to live tonight. And plus that it frees up another guy that's athletic that can probably follow Max Duggan around the field. I think they're probably going to try to play man at their core. That's who they want to be. But I also think at the same time, if you're Georgia – I think you have to resist the urge, and and Kirby wants to dictate. Like, he wants to set the tone. (laughs) He wants to blitz. He wants to tell the offense what to do based on how they're going to attack. I think you have to resist that urge because the thing that's going to kill you in this game is getting too aggressive and getting burned downfield. So I think that they're going to play it maybe a little bit more
3: conservatively early and then maybe adjust as the game goes along. And Georgia does a great job when they know what play is going to come, right? They study a ton of film. They're ready for the first play, but there's always that second play. When the play breaks down, the quarterback starts to scramble. We saw C.J. Stroud scramble a little bit, and then all of a sudden you saw Marvin Harrison Jr. get open in the end zone. That scramble drill is something that's somewhat off schedule that Georgia hasn't necessarily prepared for well. The last week, they had those two touchdowns on scramble drills. The week before, LSU gave up over 500 yards and a few touchdowns on scramble drills. And so as a defender, you sit and say, okay, I've studied the tape. I know what play's coming. I'm going to stop that play. But if you don't get to the quarterback, now there's a second play you have to defend. That's where Georgia needs to get better. They haven't done the last two games. Hopefully they'll do it. Well, this
1: you're right. Georgia allowed a season-high 9.2 yards for attempt last week against Ohio State. And I tell you what. If they force Max Duggan to beat him down the field, we know he can. Yes. He he is certainly (laughs) capable. Whether he will, you know, we'll see. Uh, Again, we've got you covered. We check in now with Marty Smith and Kirk Herbstreit. They are at the All-State Championship tailgate, and we're not about to let even a little bit of rain dampen the spirits. Guys? Wendy, hello
8: there. Good morning. (laughs) That's right. Kirk and I are here at the Ickrich Million dollar toss. I know a lot of you guys are anxiously anticipating the national championship game here tonight in Los Angeles. But we all know, Kirk, this is what they came here for, right?
14: This is it. This is your opportunity. You have ten throws, and they've changed the rules. You know, usually there's just a one target, but now we have three different targets. You're going to start with the two hundred fifty thousand, the big target. That's a. That's an. You'll probably get that on the first throw. Then we're going to go to five hundred thousand credit. And then a million, which you have no chance at in the middle. So I think you're you're good. You're good. I'm going to put him down for 750 as a lock. Okay, I like it. All right, we're and ready take... throws. You ready right, for let's this? Let's try this. Good luck. No pressure. Come on, come on. Oh. I got to do better what than that. What the heck was got, that? That's my first one, man. Come on, dude. Right, little, 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 come on. A little, little bit rusty. Don't aim. Don't aim. Just throw it. There it is. Okay. That was worse. Yeah. All right, you're ready. Now we got it. Now we got it. Aim at the bottom, the, the top of the bottom. Yep. Okay, right, there's 250. The board. There's 250. We're I got you. Board. I got you. All right, you got this. All right, be my quarterback, coach. How's my release looking? Perfect. You're getting better as you go on here. Fourth throw. Right, Fourth throw. Here we go.
15: Nope.
14: Be careful. Just be careful. Be ready. A bit outside. He tried to corner him. Yes. Yeah. Still right. Here, stand over here. Stand right. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Uncoachable. Uncoachable. Okay, here we go, y'all. Come on,
13: let's get it.
14: Here we go. Close. Just stand over here again on the just a little bit to the left. Nope. Sorry, you had two more. Two more. Two more. Two more. Two more. more. Nope. This is the one. This is the one. You guys right,
8: we got it, right?
14: This is the one. Here we go. Here we go. One million dollars for the rest of your life, Martin. You got this. You got it.
2: good. 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 Oh,
14: fifty. Seven fifty. Not bad. I told you. Good job. So, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh, five hundred thousand dollars.
8: Five hundred thousand dollars. I can't five hundred thousand dollars to extra yard for teachers. So grateful for our great friends at Eckridge and everything they do for our amazing teachers. Thank you guys so much for everything you do for our kids. Thank you guys so much for supporting you, the college football playoff. What an amazing, amazing experience. Thank you, sir.
14: Great Appreciate job, Marty. Way to put it through there. Thank
3: Thanks, you.
8: Mark.
1: Almost, Wendy. Almost, almost, guys. Listen, you know what? How's my release? Perfect. <laughs>
13: well, <laughs> well, We're still there's, my. Some, there's some little things we <laughs> could tweak <laughs> in there. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: shows today. Championship Drive follows us. College game day at 5 o'clock. And then, of course, get your popcorn. Get set. 7.30. Our game coverage begins in Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt follows the postgame. The National Championship, TCU and Georgia. One team left standing after tonight. Uh, The odds were only no 200-1 that TCU would even get to this point. Talk about the long, strange journey it has been for the Horned Frogs. We'll take a look at TCU's path coming up. to Caesar Sportsbook Georgia favored by 13 points tonight that would be the largest spread ever in a national championship game but as we've seen TCU certainly no stranger to thriving in that underdog role Pete Thamel is back with us and Pete it goes without saying that TCU is not the favorite to win tonight but as you surveyed coaches around the country what's the prevailing theory on how they might pull this off
12: Yeah, Wendy, if there's a path to victory for TCU tonight, it starts with star wide receiver Quinton Johnston having a giant game. Johnston is 6'4, 215 pounds, and he's projected as the top receiver in the upcoming NFL draft. Johnston's strength is deep balls and high pointing balls in the air. He'll likely match up against Georgia corner Keely Ringo, who tends to struggle tracking balls down the field. Look for TCU to exploit that matchup. They'll only be able to do that, Wendy, if they can slow down Jalen Carter. obviously Georgia star defensive tackle the presumptive so far number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft TCU's O-line is not small they average 317 pounds the issue for TCU will be the weakest part of their line is their center Alan Ali and that's obviously where Carter's going to end up lining up and the last thing that TCU needs is they need star corner Travius Hodges Tomlinson to have a big game on the outside. No corner in the country has allowed less balls by percentage than Hodges Tomlinson. One out of every four balls thrown his way is completed. That's going to allow TCU to run some bare fronts and to do some exotic blitzes from that three-three-five base and really try to get after Stetson Bennett, confuse him, and make it difficult for Georgia to move the ball and move the chains and take the air out of the ball, which is going to be key for the Bulldogs.
1: Pete, thank you. And as we know, there are so many things that can factor into a game of this magnitude. A Joe Tessitore now leads us in a discussion at some of the intangibles that could make a difference tonight.
9: What do you say we discuss this game beyond the obvious? Because sometimes when you get to these championship games, it's the X factor. It's the intangibles that can often decide it. Uh, Desmond, a guy who knows about being an X factor in a Super Bowl <laughs> of deciding a game. Yes, uh, Dan and Tim, who won national championships together. So could it be the nothing to lose mentality of TCU? Could it be the wake-up call of last week, a close game against Ohio State for Georgia? Is it special teams? Is it the coaching edge? Is it this venue? Timmy, what's the X factor? What's the intangible? I think for
11: TCU, the X factor has to be the will and the heart of Max Duggan and the way this team rallies around him and that they're going to play with every ounce of focus and energy and discipline and grit that they possibly have. And he has to be elite. He has to be an MVP because there are more stars and more players and more talent on Georgia. But the way that they rally around Max, he has to
2: be a leader. He has to play with grit. And if he does, maybe this team could rally to make enough plays in the end. I hope you don't mind, but I've called uh, Max Duggan a right-handed Tim Tebow. I, that's an honor, man. That, that's no, an honor. I'll right. take it. And because of his mentality, he's, go, he's the guy who's going to will his team to victory. And they know as long as number 15 <laughs> is in this game, we got a shot. So I love that. But I like to think about when Sonny Dykes talks to his team, they've been playing with house money, right? No one expects them to be here. No one thought they'd have a shot. They can play loose. They can have fun. They can be free. I think that mentality. Oh, hey, guys, good point. Yeah, we just go out here and do what we've been doing. Everybody's been counting us out the whole season long, waiting for us to lose. And then they finally lost the Big 12 championship. Yeah. But, hey, now they're in the national championship yep. game. I think that mentality is what's going to serve them right. Well, for
13: TCU, the biggest thing they're going to have to do is find hidden points yeah. like they did against Michigan. Yeah. And if you look at it, there's the two little X factors that come into it. The, the punt return, I'm going to I'm gonna honor Desmond yeah. right here. <laughs> George's punt return gives up 18 yards per return, Dar- and it has given up a touchdown. Darius Davis has returned two for touchdowns for TCU this Great year. point. TCU has four pick sixes in the game. And to sit there, and everybody loves Max Duggan and the will to win and all of this, but the X factor is going to be if they can't find some hidden points yeah. in yeah. this game yeah. – I don't know if they're going to be able to just say, hey, that's fine. we are just go toe-to-toe all game long with Georgia. So I think those X factors are going to come in, and if they do get that punt return for a touchdown to honor (laughs) Desmond, I think they're going to be
9: right in it. I want to ask each of you this question about the coaching with Georgia and the messaging that they get to put forth this week because Kirby's smart as much as he's proud of the guys and they fought in the fourth quarter. The messaging is more of having the alarm bell ringing of there's stuff to clean up, Des, after last week.
2: I tell you what, that was the best thing that could happened to Coach Smart and his staff was them win Absolutely. a close game yes. like that. Yep. Because one of the things that's most, the most difficult for a team that's trying to repeat is to keep the kids motivated. That's right. How keep do I motivate these right. kids week in yes. and week out? And that was after big favorites. That, right. Exactly. Right. After that performance, a lack thereof against Ohio State, oh, they got their players' attention.
11: And you can't tell me that a lot of the players weren't thinking, this is it. This is where we get knocked off. This is the moment. And then everything worked out in their favor and including the missed kick for them to be able to win. And now they're thinking, oh, my gosh, now we can go be the Georgia we were supposed to be.
13: And they have to be smart because, you know, a loss can jumpstart a team. And these guys haven't lost, though. And you saw that. I think that loss in the championship game kickstarted TCU even to another level of we're going to come out and bring it. Can Georgia, can they keep the Because They're going to look at this and say, we're better. You right. know, I mean, that's the right. player, the Georgia players are going to say, we're better than Absolutely. TCU's players. Yep. And can they get that focus of saying, hey, you might be, but if you don't play with that edge, we're going right. to be in trouble. That's Everything
9: right. gets analyzed in a game like this. And one X-Factor people have talked about, Georgia's without their live mascot. UGA 10 did not make the trip out here. They said wow. that's, it's too far. It's too far for UGA 10. He's like not you. here come Monday night in the college Joe Tess is X-Factor. National
11: <laughs> all over it. <laughs>
1: No, Ugga? I'm out. I wish I'd known that before now. Come on. Sonny Dykes looking to become just the fourth coach in the AP poll era to win a national title in his first season with a program. The last coach to do it, Larry Coker, back in 2001 with Miami. Here's Gene Wojciechowski with more.
16: He, Sonny Dykes' given name is actually Daniel Dykes, so his old man wasn't buying it, Spike Dykes was convinced somewhere in that birth certificate it said Sonny. It didn't, but that didn't keep father and son from arguing about it over the years. But there is one thing they could agree on, that there is no more honorable title than being called a coach.
0: So I was a little bit rebellious, a little bit uh, immature, you know, growing up where, you know, because my dad did it, I wanted to do something exactly the opposite of what he did. TCU head coach Sonny Dykes was the son of a head coach. West Texas
16: legend Spike Dykes, who made his bones on the high school level, then as a college assistant, and eventually running his own program at Texas Tech, where he won conference championships, Coach of the Year awards, and admirers.
0: Sonny, though, had other aspirations. At one point, wanted to be a pilot, and then decided maybe I wanted to go to law school. I think I really knew what I wanted, I just didn't want to admit it, that I was kind of staying in the family business in some ways. And When I became a high school coach, I remember I called home, he answered the phone, and we had about a 30-minute conversation. And all of a sudden, it seemed like now he could relate to me. And it just, our relationship really changed at that point moving forward. I think as we got older, we got really close. We had a different way of doing things, and, but I think we, it all came from the same place, and I think we're really pretty similar people. Their college coaching records are almost identical, and they're the first
16: father-son to have each won Big 12 Coach of the Year awards. But Sonny has done something his old man never did, lead a team to the national championship game.
0: If only Spike were here to see it. He died in 2017. Well, he would love this team, I know that. I mean, look, this team is built on the things that he loved, which is hard work and dedication and toughness and unselfishness. and. Certainly would love Max Duggan. He'd be crazy about the head coach too though. Yeah, yeah, I mean he'd be a little mad at me for some of the sideline stuff. But yeah, he would get a kick out of this team and I think he would appreciate the job that we've done this year.
16: You know Sonny says it with a smile, but he's serious. He said he probably couldn't have worked for his dad and his dad probably wouldn't have hired him. But Wendy, Spike did give Sonny a piece of advice that he's used even to this day. That it's never about the head coach It's always about the players.
1: Woj, thank you, and that certainly seems to be the way this TCU team is built. We'll switch gears now and take a look at Todd McShay's top 2023 NFL draft prospects. These are guys that we will see tonight. Jalen Carter, Georgia, Todd's third-ranked overall prospect. He's followed by TCU receiver Quentin Johnston, Georgia DB, Kiwi Ringo, Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones, and tight end Darnell Washington. We are joined now by Todd McShay, and Todd, I'll start by asking what you'll be looking for from these guys tonight?
17: Yeah, listen, we've got four of the top five prospects from the Georgia uh, football team, and, and I, I personally want to see Jalen Carter. I mean, he's the number one guy. In my opinion, he's the most dominant defensive player in the country when he's healthy. If you go back and watch his tape after he came back from the ankle injury, he, he was... It was run defense, pass disruption, pass production in terms of getting after quarterbacks and sacks. And to me, he has a chance to be the number one overall pick. We talked about the Chicago Bears now. They have that number one pick. They don't presumably need a quarterback, so it could be Jalen Carter that goes number one. It could be Will Anderson from Alabama. But... Carter, to me, what he does so well, it's a lot like Quentin Williams with the Jets. He does a great job of working half of an offensive lineman. He's so quick and powerful, and when he gets there, the force that he brings down, whether it's a quarterback or a running back. He has rare range for that kind of player. After that, you've got two other prospects that I'm really intrigued to see tonight. You've got Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver from TCU, and Keely Ringo, the cornerback from Georgia. That's going to be a great matchup between the two. So with, with Quinton Johnson, 6'4", 210-plus pounds. He's a pterodactyl. That's what I love about him. Yes, he's great, like most big receivers are going up and making contested catches but what 's different with him is the twitchiness that he has after the catch you don 't see many guys usually like they 're long striders when they 're six four he 's not it 's catch. make the first guy miss and then maybe make a second guy miss. So how does he match up with Keeley Ringo, who has struggled this year locating the ball in the air but he 's six two long arms and has the speed to match up on the perimeter I mean you are Go back to Tariq Woolen. let's say, this past year. Coming out of UTSA, fifth-round pick. He's been a star in the NFL for Seattle. It's all about length and speed at cornerback. Ringo has that. And don't forget, obviously, the huge play he had in the national championship game a year ago with that pick six. So, it'll be interesting. Can can he kind of recreate uh, that magic that he had a year ago? Or is he going to continue to struggle with the ball in the air? Because if he does, that's where Quentin Johnson is really going to give him trouble
1: believe Nick Saban you believe that the best way to improve your stock is to play football and that's what these guys will do tonight who among them has the best opportunity perhaps to improve their status
17: Mm. Max Duggan if you if you come out and play well against this Georgia defense with Jalen Carter bearing down on you all night NFL as a scout the first thing you do is okay who they play Georgia. All right, I'm going to pop that tape in, right? And so all of a sudden, you want to see what he can do against one of the elite defenses. So Max Duggan has had a great season. He went from a backup to a starter to a star and now to a day three prospect. But he can help himself if he has a huge game. Not just running the ball. We know he can do that. I want to see him hanging in the pocket, going through progressions, and making some of those anticipatory throws that you need to make in the NFL
1: lot of sense to me Todd thank you and no bigger stage for the quarterback than tonight speaking of the NFL our second annual Monday night wild card game January 16th that's at 8 Eastern 5 Pacific ABC ESPN ESPN plus our mega cast cover to force including Peyton and Eli and our ESPN Deportes Spanish language version what a way to cop off super wild card weekend with the clock ticking now toward kickoff, it looks like Georgia tight end Darnell Washington may be a game-time decision. We'll have an injury update on his status coming up. The College Football Playoff Foundation, the largest sports entity supporting educators in America, ESPN is proud to continue to support the CFP Foundation and its Extra Yard for Teachers initiative, bringing college football together to show support for educators, recognizing the hard work, long hours, and dedication. Thousands of teachers have been positively impacted by the joint effort. We say thank you to our teachers.
2: Welcome back to College Football Live, built by the Home Depot.
11: They both got their strengths. They're completely different players, and then they execute at a high level. Bennett,
4: down
18: the middle, to the end zone, touchdown, Donnell Washington. Brock
11: Bowers, and he just takes it to a whole other level.
18: Bennett throws on the run, Bowers,
11: touchdown Georgia. Just us two together, it's hard to form personnel and have people on a team that can Really cover both of us at the
0: same
4: time. Brock and Darnell. They're weapons in the pass game, but they're weapons in the run game. Darnell
5: is a, you know, 6'8, 280. He's not afraid to get out there on the perimeter and block and do the dirty work for the team. Darnell's on the field. A lot of people think that, you know, he's he's blocking, and then all of a sudden he's hitting you for a 40-yard pass down the scene. And it's
6: the other
19: tight end, Darnell Washington. This one's knocked
18: up. Bowers! Tips it to himself, and he'll score. Touchdown, Georgia.
5: It's kind of like pick your poison. It's just a great feeling knowing that you, you guys have two big threats like that. That could definitely change the game in any given moment. Welcome back to College Football
15: Live. I am Matt Barry down here on the field, and you talk about all the embarrassment of riches for the Georgia Bulldogs. That tight end room is one of the most dangerous in the country, but recently there's been some injury issues with them. For more on that, Pete Thamel now with the latest on the injury to Darnell Washington.
12: Hello, Pete. Hey, Matt, uh, there's an increasing sense of optimism from the Georgia staff that Darnell Washington is going to be able to have an impact on tonight's game. He has an injured right ankle that he suffered against Ohio State. He was in a walking boot in the second half of that game. He's since ditched that walking boot, and he'll be a game-time decision tonight. But I've been told the Georgia staff plans on him to play, and they'll be intentional about how they use him tonight. Georgia plays 60% of its snaps in 12 personnel. I don't think they'll be able to do that with Washington, tonight but that is Georgia's definitive edge in the run game and expect Washington to have an impact against an undersized TCU defense Yeah,
15: anytime he steps on the field Pete thank you he can be a factor Stanford Steve Coughlin Todd McShay down here with me you look at zero and you're like wait a second how is that human in college and why are they allowed to have him alongside Brock Bowers in the best tight end room in the country and Stanford Steve I'll start with you you played the position yeah the dynamics between these two are so different how do
19: they need to get involved tonight? Well, I think the the health of washington's huge, huge. because when you look at that in the three three five right they 're saying we 're going to stop your front line with the three guys down, but when you add a guy like the size of Washington, it totally creates basically another tackle on the perimeter. It makes it hard to get to the passer on the edge. It creates angles against the linebackers in the run game that can help them. so I think even if he 's seventy five percent I think it's massive for Georgia because then you put him down in the three point mm-hmm. and then you use bowers in the versatility role, whether it's motion, splitting them out, and I think Washington also when they split them out and help with the quick screen game, that's a major factor. Ten guys caught balls for Georgia in the Peach Bowl. It all starts with the versatility and it starts with Washington down being in the wide position. And,
17: and in the scouting community, we like to talk about guys like like Washington body beautiful. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like the first yeah, thing right. he's okay, alright, he is exactly what you're looking for in terms of his size, his, his length, his strength, and as a blocker, he it's not just like he's in there grinding. He can get out and move. Yeah. in like, you mentioned the screen game, him getting involved. He's out there blocking in the screen game yeah. for the other receivers. And he does so many little things in this offense. And I love those clips that we just, just played. All the catches. I was just going to say, Bennett does a
19: great job of making him use his size. Yes, They're always high-pointed, especially in the red zone. Right. Let me get this in with you guys because early on, Brock
15: Bowers against Ohio State wasn't really involved down Mm the stretch. They finally got him going. I think we would all agree that when Georgia's finding 19, they're virtually unstoppable because of how good he is. How quickly does Brock need to get involved tonight?
19: Well, I think it's going to be a a, a huge factor because you look at the Peach Bowl. First 12 snaps of the game, they're in shotgun. But now that he's distributing the ball everywhere. And what happened was, in that game, Washington gets hurt. He got stepped on by his own teammate on the interception. That's what happens. So he comes out. They run. They have success running the ball in the second quarter. But that's why with Bowers down, you know, helping out in the run game, you know, as, as the extended tight end. So I think getting him motioned around, seeing if they can create some matchups. Yep. Maybe you get him against 57 Hodges or stuff like that, where he could be running vertical down the middle of the field. That's what you want. But I expect uh, Bowers to get fed very early.
17: Yeah. And I think even, even like the option game with him coming yeah. across the motion, they're going to find a way to get the ball in his hands. And the thing I love about him. He is so instinctive. I mean, he—he he, we talk body beautiful for yeah. Washington. Yep. He's the opposite. He's 6'4", 230 pounds. He does not fit the role of an NFL tight end. But he gets open. Mm-hmm. He uses his body. He creates late separation. Yep. And he's great after the catch, too. Michael Mayer this year is going to be the first uh, tight end taken in, in the draft. Could be a top ten pick. But... To me, I think Bowers gives you a little Match. bit more. Match-up wise. Yes. I
19: wise mean, right. His he whole has, high school he's thing, dangerous. he's a former running back. You see that when he yes, has the ball in yes. his hand. He's a
15: running back. The frightening thing about Brock Bowers, he has to play one more year of college football. Right. He gets to do this again. But I'll tell you this. If you see Brock Bowers without his pads and Darnell Washington without his pads, you're like, that guy sells insurance. <laughs> yeah. That guy's going to be a 1st round NFL pick. And it really is remarkable how good 19 is. In fact, when Stanford Steve was coming out of Connecticut High School, his yeah. scouting report was also by beautiful. <laughs> and to this point, friend, nothing has changed. Stand Not Steve, anymore. Todd McShay, Matt Barry, and you talked about it. It is unique that TCU's three-three-five
5: defense. You have to be fast to run it, understanding that you have three-down lineman. We have a lot of defense back, so you know, we're able to man up, we're able to switch coverages as far as, you know, switching the zones.
6: And that plays in trouble and drop for a loss, dumped by D. Winners.
5: They have their backers who play
4: in the B gaps, you know, just plugging those gaps in, Then you have five defensive backs back there. We don't see that very often in our league. It requires patience, and, uh, you know, some teams don't have patience nowadays. They're score scoring two plays, scoring three plays.
5: Hard to do that on them. That scheme allows people to be in so many different places. At the same time, there's always going to be seven to eight guys around the ball because of their assignments that allows them to run and be around the ball so much.
1: TCU has certainly been tremendous, right? I mean, they are here. They've earned the right to be here, but they are 13-point underdogs for a reason. And part of that is because this Georgia offense is no slouch. I mean, they, they could put some points on the board. and. They can put some points on a boy in a hurry. So we talked about that Georgia defense. Let's talk about this TCU defense coach for just a little bit and what their biggest challenge will be tonight.
13: Well, it's going to start with stopping the run game of Georgia. And if you went back after the semifinal game, you heard Kirby Smart talk about Stetson Bennett. And I think you could hear it wasn't just on Stetson Bennett and him being maybe annoyed with how much they're throwing and how aggressive they're being. Maybe as a whole it was – we want to run the football. Yeah. And so if what it, if they can they're going to come out I think they're going to come out and try to enforce their will and run the ball against TCU. And so they if the TCU can stop the run 335, the 335 is not soft inside. There are still six guys in the box, backers plugging holes, but if TCU can stop the run, now it's getting Georgia to do what they don't want to do even though they can what their head coach doesn't want them to do.
6: Uh, and stopping the run is a given. That is like no doubt about it. All points bulletin A1 for Coach Gillespie in this defense. I think another part, though, when trying to attack this Georgia offense is you really have to make sure that you contain Stetson Bennett. Now, when he escapes the pocket, that's when big plays happen. When guys are in scramble drill, he's excellent when identifying and keeping his eyes downfield making one guy miss and the next thing you know you give those receivers three or four extra seconds and boom there's a big play downfield so I think it's very important while stopping the run you also have to keep Stetson Bennett contained and force him force him to operate from the pocket where he can still carve you up but not as much as when he escapes
3: and we talk a lot about the tight ends Brock Bowers right nine touchdowns on the season and we talk about Darnell Washington this big imposing physical body but when Georgia won their game in, the, in in their game last week, it was the receivers that stepped up down by eleven. You see Kiaris Jackson, seventy five yard touchdown. Then the game winner to A.D. Mitchell. Those are the guys you have to stop. So Travis Hodges Tomlinson gonna have to have a big day, but also a name to think about, Josh Newton. So he's number twenty four. He's a transfer from Louisiana Monroe three picks on the season he's the other corner on the outside that's a player who's gonna have to have a big game if Georgia doesn't isn't able to run the ball and they go to those receivers
1: I don't want to make too much of it because sometimes I think we say "Oh, experience and the intangibles I mean they got to play and we know when they kick kick off this game tonight it's between the lines having said that if you're that TCU defense and you're facing a quarterback who's been there done that uh, against all odds already won a national championship is that experience a factor at all tonight
13: well, I think it'll be a certain factor in the age and the experience of Stetson Bennett. Is He's going to be comfortable. The moment's not going to be too big for him. He's been around it. He's done it. But I think there's a belief in TCU that they are a team of destiny, that maybe they, they shouldn't be here. No one thinks they should be here, but they believe it themselves, and they play with a swagger and a confidence. And they've won in hidden points. Yep. They've won punt returns, yeah. fumble return, interception return. Things go great and they're going to need that to happen tonight.
6: And they're going to shoot their shot now. Like, if you're, if you're, like if you're TCU, man, like, they, they undercut out routes. Like, they do things where it's like, all right, well, if that guy catches it, he scores. Okay. But, hey, I might pick it off, too. Like, they, <laughs> they are not afraid to roll the dice on defense. And I think you have to have some of that. You reference the hidden yardage. That's massive. Punt returns could be huge in this game. But I agree with you. I, I think TCU, they're going to come to play. There's no doubt. And if it gets into a track meet and they give up a big play, who cares? We'll make one ourselves. And that seems to be... What what they've done all season long
1: Shooter shoot Greg All right, TCU takes on Georgia. Perhaps you heard it's all going to happen tonight right here at SoFi Stadium. The defending champs, 730 Eastern, 430 Pacific. It's the national championship game presented by AT&T. And for this 10th straight year, there are 12, count them, 12 different ways to watch and listen, whether it's TV, radio, digital. I mean, maybe even 10 cans. I don't know. So many ways to watch and listen to what is certainly the biggest game of the year. Less than five hours to go now until kickoff at SoFi Stadium. The X's and O's, the Jimmys and Joes will break down the keys to tonight's matchup. Next.
2: This is College Football Live, built by the Home Depot.
1: Aerial coverage provided by Goodyear Road tested and game ready. Are you ready for the road. Goodyear more driven. Well these two teams have met on four previous occasions Georgia by the way of her keeping score well the Bulldogs have won all four their last meeting came in the 2016 Liberty Bowl giving Kirby Smart his first bowl win as a head coach he has gone on of course to win a national championship, and tonight would like to be a back-to-back champion for the first time since we saw Alabama do it in 2011-2012. It's the same game, Sam, but it means, I would think, very different things for each of these two teams. What would a win mean for each team, respectively?
3: For Georgia, you would start talking about that D word, that D word meaning dynasty. If they win, Georgia would be 29-1. Over the last two seasons, with two championships back to back, and Kirby Smart, I get it. He doesn't have seven or so, like Saban, but he's a lot younger than Saban. And so, I think that this could definitely start changing the trajectory for Georgia football. They would be now the team to beat for, from this time, and who knows for how many more years? And then for TCU, it would officially put them on the map. People have been doubting them all season long, and this win would solidify that. No, it wasn't a fluke that we came back from behind five different times double digits no we are this good we are in fact have been this good and we're proving it to the world
6: yeah it's amazing to me that uh, a lot of people wondered with Georgia and with Alabama and the teams that were at the top of college football would they be able to sustain as the landscape has shifted now in the NIL era and the portal era well this would solidify the fact that not only has things changed But the teams that are at the top are still at the top. And the culture at Georgia is as strong as it's ever been as far as guys coming in and guys leaving the program, not many, by the way, on either side. And for TCU, this is not for them. It is ultimately, yes, it's a I told you so moment from 2014 when people felt like they should have gotten in over Ohio State. It's a little bit like, hey, we were never given the chance even though we won the Rose Bowl. It's an I told you so for them, but it's for every program to look and use that blueprint saying we can do it too and we don't have to necessarily be in the SEC we don't have to have a roster full of five stars and four stars we can do it too if we have the right collection of players and we have a couple breaks along the way so I think TCU winning tonight would mean as much for them it'd be huge but for all of college football, it would give a ton of people hope, and that's a wonderful thing.
13: And, th- and that is because you're going to already look into next season, the way too early list for next season. Right. It, gonna, it's, it's out. It's like going it's it's to right, it's right, it's so it's have, have Georgia. You. It's going to have Ohio State. It's yep. going to have Michigan. It's going to have Alabama, and it's going to have Clemson. The usual suspects. And, the, yeah. USC. Yep. <laughs> okay? and then the way too early, I can give you the way too early list for three years from now. And it's going same, team. same teams, different order. But it does give you that hope that all these other teams, because everyone looks at, okay, well, we know these eight teams have an opportunity to go compete for championships right. year in, year out. But TCU has never been in that list, and, and probably not already in the list next year. They're already kind of written off. And so it does give, and it changes things for everybody else. The Georgia, and everybody thoughts, I, I think what they've done over the last several years has already kind of established win or lose tonight is not affecting whether they're a new standard dynasty-type team in college football, Yeah. Okay? you hear it with Dabo. Clemson's still going to be there. Right. Alabama's still going to be there. And Georgia's right there. Win or lose tonight, I don't think it affects it. Obviously it would be huge for them and their fan base. Um, but they're
3: going to be there
13: because he's built the foundation. But if the they other-
3: win, if they win, I could just quickly say, if they win, I think that would put them on a different level. Yeah. No team in the yeah. CFP era has won back-to-back. And so if they are the team that does it, losing 15 guys to the draft, losing five guys on defense on the first round, I mean, Wendy, to your point, like, that would take them on a different, in my opinion echelon. All
1: right, you know why they call it way too early, right? Way too early. <laughs>
3: yeah. way too early. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm mean,
13: something <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> listen, <You're> so proud. These don't from everyone's transferring everywhere. everywhere. Right. Absolutely. Wow,
1: no pop quiz here. All right, listen. We're going right down the line. TCU wins tonight if
13: they're going to have to find hidden points. They're here because they found hidden points against Michigan. They picked off two, two uh, passes and returned them for touchdowns. That's 14 points. There is a goal line stand that they made that they took a touchdown, reviewed it, took a touchdown off the board against Michigan, create a turnover in the next play. Right. They have Michigan, or, or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Georgia's punt return game defense, punt coverage defense, has given up a touchdown this year. Darius Davis has returned two for touchdowns this year. These hidden points come up in the game, and if TCU can find a little of them, Georgia might start looking across the field and say, they are the team of destiny. They don't, like,
15: <laughs> I see oh, that. That's
13: like,
6: that's like
1: oh, uh-oh,
15: right?
6: what just happened?
15: Yeah.
1: They are just this takes, team. Just takes a window. I think
6: the big thing is they have to have their quarterback play superhuman and obviously the gold standard of quarterback performances in national championship games is Vince Young against USC in the 2005 national championship the the performance that he put on the field that night was just absolutely ridiculous for lack of a better word so I think Max Duggan doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to have that level but it's got to be close and when we talk about this after the fact if TCU is victorious We're going to probably reference how incredible Max Duggan was from start to finish in the ball. See,
3: Greg, I don't even think they need all that. I think they need Quentin Johnson. I mean, I think about it. Max Duggan may not play a great game, but if you get some of those big plays from Johnston, right, if you get some of those catch and runs, I think that's been the difference. That was the difference last week. That was the difference. I I, I get they lost the Big 12 championship game, but Johnson had another big game. If TCU wins, it's going to have to go through their number one receiver, 6'4", 215, future first-round pick. He is the answer.
1: All right hold your fire Georgia Georgia wins tonight if
13: they stop the run that's TCU and I know they're explosive spread it out they throw the ball down the field they do this but they always run the game a ball and they ran the ball against Michigan who was one of the top two run defenses in the country if Georgia can stop the run. And make TCU's offense one dimensional, I think they make enough plays to win the game.
6: I think in a roundabout way, we're kind of saying something similar. I think they have to win the line of scrimmage, which they have an advantage, so they need to dominate the line of scrimmage. And they have to keep a clean sheet offensively. They cannot turn the football over. And Stetson Bennett, at times, even though he hasn't always thrown a ton of picks, there have been balls that have (laughs) almost been picked on a few different occasions. So he's going to be very smart with the
3: football. And Georgia has to get back to their ways defensively if they want to win this game. And I get it. They didn't play great on defense the last two weeks, and they Still one, but if they want to not give TCU this team of destiny any type of glimmer of hope because sometimes all you need as an underdog is hope, Georgia needs to suffocate it out of them early and often
1: All right, you know why they call it way too early?
3: I, I don't know.
1: You guys, we just did this. It's, it way, had, too it's way too oh. early. It's way too early. Let's take a look. <laughs> I don't so know if it was a trick early. question. Wow. I'm, I'm very confused. I have
3: no <laughs> idea what's going <laughs> on Let's here. Let's
1: take a look at the one final team vote brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It turns out people love them some horn frogs.
3: We need one final team before we get too we early for anything else. We need one final team. That's exactly right. No, no, because right. <laughs> it would be way too early if it's before the final team. Let's Get some
1: sleep. Goodness. From Tennessee to TCU to Lane to Tuscaloosa, it has been one tremendous season. We'll have one more look back with our images of the year coming up. <laughs>
2: College Football Live is built by the Home Depot. How doers get more done.
4: Georgia is going to survive.
18: Georgia is representing the Southeastern Conference. And
4: earn the right to defend their national championship in LA.
18: And TCU is representing the... Hold on for a second while I look this up.
0: As far as history goes, when you look at teams that have played for national championships... Typically, they're not
18: picked seventh in their conference. The Big 12. Sorry, Horn Frogs. It's just such an easy way to talk about the bowl games.
4: The magic continues for
18: TCU. The time-honored conference scorekeeping. Seeing which league is overrated, always the Big 10, and which one punched above its weight class. That's part of the fun, really. And now, totally irrelevant. It's National Title Day. On game day, pedigree is for hunting dogs, elite is for airplane boarding, and reputation is for album covers. Two talented, hungry teams are in Los Angeles today and only have to win one game. There is no past, 60 minutes and no regrets. These teams aren't symbols of their conferences or their socioeconomic place in a broken college football food chain. They left all that noise at home. The future is on hold. These teams will only exist for a few more hours, a flicker of time really, with a chance to win a shiny prize as a way to remember a year of hard work, fierce love and determination. 60 minutes to play and a lifetime to remember.
1: Nothing else matters, at least not tonight. Our countdown camp powered by AT&T 5G. Just some looks around the land, the amazing events that are happening here on this karate uh, championship Monday, but it is doing nothing to dampen the spirits of TCU and Georgia fans. Tonight... Here we go. TCU, Georgia, the defending champs, the college football playoff national championship presented by AT&T. Our coverage begins at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. We'll have pregame coverage all day, but for this matchup, we'll have you covered from every platform, TV, radio, digital, so many ways you can watch and listen to tonight's championship.
17: The moment waiting to run out the tunnel, its a lot of things. There's nerves. A lot of excitement.
5: Man, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now.
4: Nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. They got to see us. This is everything you want as a competitor
8: is to to be a part of this game.
5: I'm not there for the glitz and glamors. I'm here to win the football game. This is everything you work for, for your legacy, for your teammates, for the guys that played here before you. All those runs, all those stations, and everything that you did for that one team is now here. And you just get the run out and just let it all loose. You want to be a
4: champion? You got a chance to win a championship today.
1: You know, it's sitting here watching that, no matter how long you've been around this game, it's hard not to get chills because you know there's so much anticipation from everybody. Let's get some final thoughts, Coach. I mean, we college
13: play. football is so special. And can, can the hypnotode mesmerize the hypnotoad. everybody one more time? <laughs> mesmerize the Georgians' a defense and mesmerize their team, the fans, the whole country. And the you know that, the underdog. Everyone loves college football because of the underdog. And I want to say would love to see the hypnotoad do it one
6: more time. I, I think they have a chance because they believe. It, it feels a little bit, doesn't it, like when Butler played Duke in the uh, national championship. Yeah, like it really like does. That. Like yeah. everyone's sitting there thinking, like I wonder, if, I wonder if can, Butler can hang. Can like, they do it? Who's this Gordon Hayward guy? <laughs> like who are these guys? Like who this this guy Brad Stevens? Who's he? Like. And then, sure enough, we all kind of look back and we're like, dude, that team was stacked. And I I would not be surprised. I really wouldn't. If TCU played their freaking tails off today, I think they are (laughs) going to play so well. Now, will they ultimately win the game? I don't know. But I think TCU, anyone that thinks this thing's getting
3: sideways, I have a very hard time seeing it going. And it was interesting being around some of the players, even getting a chance to see some of the practices, how much fun these teams are actually having. I get it. This seems like a stressful situation, a high-pressure situation. And there is pressure involved. But these guys are having fun. They've been here for a couple days, they're taking pictures, doing videos, obviously NIL trying to promote their brands. Things will change whenever this game is over. There will be a new champ in town, potentially, or now a reigning champ. A back-to-back history will be made. But these memories will never be lost.
1: And <laughs> regardless of whether they win, I thought your your points, Greg, were, were very apropos about what this means for other programs oh, in yeah. terms of TCU. You know, if they win, that's phenomenal. Icing on the cake. But they got here. Mm-hmm. And they got here, to your point, you can do it a lot of different ways. Not every top recruit in the country. Not a, they're saying, hey, I, I tell you what, if you're a, co- if you're a head coach, no excuses. <laughs>
19: All the recruiting ranking <laughs>
6: sites are freaking out today. <laughs> hey, yeah. 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 <laughs> All the recruiting <laughs> sites are like, oh, hang on. a second, like, no, you've got to data and change the stars <laughs> yeah. over the last <laughs> couple of years. Max Duggan was actually a five-star. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know that, but he was. Yes. Yeah, so you just, we got to go double-check. Yeah. You know what? I
1: hope we didn't get spoiled. Those two semifinal games were so tremendous. I think if you're a fan of college football, what you really want to see tonight is a quality matchup. These are two quality teams. We can't wait. Matt Barry and championship driver up next, but we leave you with our images of the year.
2: Welcome to College Football Prime
17: Time. Hey, can I see us, Pray for your brother next to you.
18: I know about you, but I love college football. And leaping it is
4: you It's getting tough. Up, up and away! You and I, we are not alike. No, you don't shine when they hit the lights. Oh, oh, oh real? Are you kidding me? He's okay, but I'm kind of nice. My, oh my, what a
17: play! Wow, did he score Where's that? He does!
15: This is as good of a catch as we will ever do. Oh my oh, gosh! Oh, yeah. Intercepted. Big six double. Marshall wins it. It's caught. Touchdown. Holy cross. Blocked
13: go. out. And good. Fired up, man. He wants to win. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Here's Edwards with the Two huge touchdowns. Domination for the
4: Wolverines. Let's
18: go play ball. Got it to Bartholomew. Up and over and in. what a play. The
4: word is yours.
18: Was that intercepted? It was! Oh my goodness! Caught Bowers off a dip! Taylor, thinking McGregor joystick. Heisman! Schenke ah! and Bank! Touchdown! Stetson,
4: got C.J. Stroud, is again, frighteningly efficient. Stokey. oh! Stuck in! Blake Horn, Heisman-worthy performance. Hendon
18: Hooker! Touchdown! And Appalachian State has done it again! We're gonna have
6: one hell of a time on that plane ride right back to
18: Boone tonight. Forty-yard attempt, this for the win against Alabama. Let's go. turns and scores.
15: Touchdown Georgia. The basket
18: is complete.
15: And it's going to be a fun watch. We cannot wait. Intercepted by the winners. And a touchdown.
14: Quentin Johnson.
18: 3, huh?